No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that after Job's friends have finally stopped talking, Job discourses on wisdom. Where can it be found? Only one place. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Job chapter 28 on Simply the Bible. What is the ultimate quest? And what would you give anything to find? Job now considers the most valuable thing. We continue in Job chapter 28. Surely there is a mine for silver and a place where gold is refined. Iron is taken from the earth and copper is smelted from ore. Man puts an end to darkness and searches every recess for ore in the darkness and the shadow of death. He breaks open a shaft away from people. In places forgotten by feet, they hang far away from men. They swing to and fro. As for the earth, from it comes bread, but underneath it is turned up as by fire. Its stones are the source of sapphires, and it contains gold dust. That path no bird knows, nor has the falcon's eye seen it. The proud lions have not trodden it nor has the fierce lion passed over it. He puts his hand on the flint. He overturns the mountains at the roots. He cuts out channels in the rocks, and his eye sees every precious thing. He dams up the streams from trickling. What is hidden, he brings forth to light. Now, what is Job talking about here? He takes a radical change of direction here as he begins to talk about people mining precious stones and precious metals. Now, I grew up in Sacramento, California. One of our elementary school field trips was Sutter's Fort. We also went to Sutter's Mill, which was in the gold country. And we studied about the California gold rush, where many people throughout the nation moved to California in search of their fortune. Most people went broke, but a few people made it big. Man has always pursued wealth. And what symbolizes wealth more than gold, silver, and precious stones? So in this chapter, Job begins to look at this whole process of a person going deep into the earth, the miner, to get gold, silver, and precious stones. Now, I have never been in a gold mine before like that, but while in Romania several years ago, I did go into a salt mine and went deep down into the earth, down an elevator, into these great salt mines that they have there, and it was pretty amazing. But if you think about it, when it comes to mining these precious things, man is willing to risk much. It's a difficult and dangerous task. Tunnels must be cut through rock deep into the earth. Men must hang on ropes over deep chasms where if they fall, they would not survive. With all this difficulty and danger, there's no guarantee that the person will find anything. He could go bankrupt searching and have nothing to show for his search. He turns up tons of soil, hoping to find sapphires among many worthless stones. Mining is also a deep search. 
He goes where no other creature has ventured. He must dig deep through multiple layers of dirt and stone to find what he is looking for. But this is the only way for his eyes to see the hidden things, the gold, the silver, the precious stones that are just waiting to be discovered. But where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. The deep says, it is not in me. And the sea says, it is not with me. Now, this is a beautiful comparison. More valuable than gold, silver, and precious stones is wisdom. But where can you find it? To appreciate the value of wisdom, we must first have a good working definition. For that, let's turn to the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon. He said, Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are all the greater fools for it. But to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. Job says that man does not really know the value of wisdom. Like the people on Antique Roadshow who have some relic they discovered in Grandma's attic, they think it's just junk, and then they discover that it's worth thousands of dollars. So people do not truly appreciate the value of wisdom. Now, even if people were to correctly estimate its value, they wouldn't know where to find wisdom. It isn't deep in the earth or in the sea. We could say that its address is unknown. Verse 15, it cannot be purchased for gold, nor can silver be weighed for its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir, in precious onyx or sapphire. Neither gold nor crystal can equal it, nor can it be exchanged for jewelry of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or quartz, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. Now, to illustrate the tremendous value of wisdom, Job names nine precious things. Gold and silver are precious metals. Crystal is glass. Onyx, sapphire, coral, quartz, rubies, and topaz are precious stones. These are all things that men greatly value. But wisdom is so valuable that it cannot be purchased with any of these things, regardless of the amount. It literally is priceless. The Bible strongly encourages us to obtain wisdom. You'll recall from our study of 1 Kings that it was the one thing Solomon requested and God was pleased with his request. Later, Solomon wrote in Proverbs 3.13, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding, for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and are gained than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honors. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happy are all who retain her. Now, if a poor person said these things, we might not think much of them. But Solomon had great riches and glory. In fact, Solomon had anything and everything a man could desire. Yet, he said that the proceeds of wisdom are better than silver and gold. Many people have riches, 
and are not happy. But Solomon says that the one who finds wisdom is happy. We think how hard people work to get riches and possessions, how much they sacrifice in pursuit of their financial goals. If only people would pursue wisdom with such heartfelt passion. As a pastor, I have people approach me with their marriage problems. They can't get along and they don't know what to do. Usually they want me to fix the other person. I share with them the wisdom revealed in God's word and in my own experience of being married for 36 years, but often it isn't good enough for them because they're not willing to put it into practice. It's so sad because I can see how easily their situation would improve if they would follow this wisdom, but they don't want to change. If only they would pursue the wisdom that God gives as one pursues their mate. It would be a tree of life to them and to their spouse. They could enjoy marriage rather than just endure it, or even worse, to exit it. From where then does wisdom come? And where is the place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. Destruction and death say, we have heard a report about it with our ears. So where do we find this wisdom? You won't find it in the world. Yes, the world does offer a wisdom, but it's worldly wisdom and it's superficial. You may pay to get it in a seminar or a series of videos, but it deals with temporal things that are here today and gone tomorrow. Or even if it helps you get through the rest of your life, it cannot help you in eternity. But godly wisdom must be found beneath the surface. This is the beauty of Job's mining illustration. Just as God has placed treasures of gold, silver, and precious stones deep within the earth, so he has placed the treasure of wisdom deep in his word. These treasures of wisdom are just waiting to be discovered by those who are willing to invest the time and labor to find them. Once discovered, they will gladden the heart, satisfy the mind, and strengthen the spirit. God understands its way and he knows its place for he looks to the ends of the earth and sees under the whole heavens to establish a weight for the wind and apportion the waters by measure when he made a law for the rain and a path for the thunderbolt. Then he saw wisdom and declared it. He prepared it. Indeed, he searched it out. And to man, he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom and to depart from evil is understanding. While wisdom may be hidden from the eyes of all living, God knows its place. He understands its way. God's wisdom is revealed in the weather. With all our meteorologists, computers, and instruments, predicting the exact weather is still a dicey affair. But God in his wisdom determines the speed and gusts of the wind. We've seen the incredible damage windstorms, tornadoes, and hurricanes can do. God determines all of it and the amount of rainfall. He gives rain to both the evil and the righteous, but sometimes he withholds it. Who can predict the path of lightning? God can. It follows the path of his wisdom. There is also a wisdom of the universe. In fact, the Bible says that wisdom was God's constant companion when he created the universe. 
Scientists make the assumption that the universe operates according to consistent laws, but these laws reflect the structural wisdom of God. And yet there's a deeper wisdom still that deals not only with motion, gravity, and the speed of light, but also with moral truth. For example, there is the spiritual law of sowing and reaping. Whatever you sow, you will also reap. That's part of the structural wisdom of the spiritual world. God planned it all out from the beginning, and he will reveal it to those who seek him because the secret of the Lord belongs to those who fear him. And that brings us to Job's conclusion, which is based upon God's word. In fact, it's the first time God speaks in the book. Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. True wisdom, then, is the reverential and worshipful fear of the Lord, which means to depart from evil. It's interesting because God said of Job at the beginning of the book that he feared God and shunned evil. Therefore, we see that Job possessed the true wisdom of God. There was so much Job did not understand about why everything was happening the way it was. But we can all know that Job possessed the true wisdom of God. And to us has been given yet a greater wisdom still. In Colossians 2, we are told that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Would you like to discover these great spiritual riches? Then seek him. Dig into his word. Let your roots go deep into the soil of his love. This is the true wisdom of God that will benefit you for life and eternity. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow we'll see where Job looks back to a happier time when he was healthy. He sat at the city gate judging righteously, and people respected him. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Job on Simply the Bible. <laughs>